So last night, Alan Watts showed up in my dream. He appeared to me in my dream, and I was driving, and he showed up in my passenger seat, and he began to give me some wisdom and guidance and advice from a passage of scripture. And so, a little bit of context. Uh, this is really important for me because the past few days, and you know, really past longer than a few days, a couple of years, but it comes in waves. It's been a wave of a little bit of uncertainty and unclarity around where all of this is heading. Um, just my life and my work as, as a minister still in the full respect of the word. A minister means servant and where I'm here to serve. And so it's been a moment in time of just uncertainty of, of how all of this is being pulled together and what to do. Because if you watched my deconstruction story, I'm a pastor's kid. I was in ministry in a church for many years, but spiritual awakening and evolution has a way of catapulting you out of the institution and into no man's land, hence the name spiritual nomad, and uh, doesn't really give a clear defined place for you to exist and to be of service and to give your gifts and your contribution like you do in a traditional church setting. And so I've struggled with that a lot over the years, trying to find my place in all of this as a minister and as a preacher for all intents and purposes, teacher, and uh, helping people really drop into to the presence of life. And so I've found that here through YouTube and, and podcasting some, but it's still not, still not the full expression for me because at the end of the day, I'm still sitting here by myself in my living room talking to my camera. And I long and I desire for, for community, for real flesh and blood relationships. And um, yeah, I desire that. And so I've been in a place of existential, you know, wandering and uh, my wife would attest that that's not a uh, infrequent thing it happens probably more often than what she has capacity uh, to, she has great capacity for it actually but um, you know there's a lot of times she comes home and I'm like you know completely existential about my whole entire existence and she's like can we just make dinner <laughs> but she always gives me the space and grace for it grateful for for a wife that has that sort of awareness. But nonetheless, Alan Watts showed up to me in my dream to help guide me through, again, another wave of existential crisis and uncertainty about my life and my purpose and, and understanding how this ministry calling, if that term or words are triggering to you, I apologize, but uh, how this thing really finds its, its groove and rhythm as an expression of the divine um, through this person that I inhabit called Luke. And so um, none other than Alan Watts showed up and not sure if I mentioned this or not, but Alan Watts was an Episcopal priest before he ventured into Zen, Buddhism, Taoism, Hinduism. And, you know, he just has become just such a goldmine of wisdom uh, for the Eastern philosophies and was really pivotal for me uh, earlier in my deconstruction and still is. I revisit him very frequently. Uh, I love Alan. Um, I feel like he brings so much language to the way my mind works and sees how the divine golden thread ties all the wisdom traditions together. Um, but he quotes often 
different epistles of Paul or words of Jesus or addresses certain things about the church because the Episcopal Church didn't take well to his first book called Zen, well, one of his first books, but uh, they didn't take well to that. Like the institution doesn't take well to anything that is off of their narrative. And so uh, he wrote this letter, which is really a beautiful letter, to the, the church that they needed to be more open-minded and accepting of other philosophies that also point to the infinite. And uh, they didn't have that very well. Uh, they didn't accept that very well. And so Alan left, of course, and we get you know the beautiful work of Alan Watts, right? And so anyways, he's been pivotal in my life. And so as I'm navigating this, I'm in a car in my dream and I'm driving navigating and Carl Jung is very helpful in understanding you know how dreams are our own psyche helping us unravel shit you know and so I'm driving navigating obviously I'm trying to move through life you know and none other than Alan Watts shows up in my passenger seat and he's just this cool vibe Alan Watts you know as he is not in a hurry for anything, seemingly, and uh, begins to share with me when Jesus is talking about the narrow road that leads to life. And I'm very familiar with this passage, of course, being, you know, a pastor and such. And Alan would be very familiar with this passage, being an Episcopal priest and, and such. And he's tying it together in this very Watts way of doing it, you know. But it's helping me understand that this wide road that leads to destruction is not this road that is just like, you know, about belief. Let me, let me rephrase this. When Jesus is speaking about the narrow road that leads to life, Let's just clarify, Jesus is not saying it's the narrow road that leads to right belief. It's the narrow road that leads to life, the fullness of life, the abundance of life, the fulfillment of life, the living of life into its fullness and us feeling the significance of our being and the expression of the divinity that wants to emerge through our very essence life with a capital L, the life, that is a narrow road and very few find it. And the wide road that leads to destruction, again, is not just having a wrong theology about a very particular doctrine that was really formulated years, hundreds of years after the incarnation of Christ and Jesus. It's not what it's talking about. And it's peculiar that all of those that tend to bark about this verse that Oh, it's the wide road, the world, man. The world's on a wide road that leads to destruction. Oh, you believe that? Oh, you're on the road that leads to destruction. The person bitching about the road that leads to destruction is never on that road. Isn't that funny? They're always on the narrow road that's leading to life. Although the evidence of their life, the fruit of their life, kind of shows that it's kind of a shit show, right? Like, it, it's not that capital L life of absolute bliss and abundance and 
you know, self-service into the collective of, of humanity. It's, it's a very self-preservation, scared, small road. That sounds a lot like something that wants to steal, kill, and destroy, does it not? So, Alan is explaining to me about this narrow road that leads to life and the wide road that leads to destruction. So again, it's not about a narrow road that leads to a right thought about God. It's a narrow road that leads to the fullness of life. And so what I was navigating and the advice that he was giving me is that your path is narrow. And this is really a, this whole metaphor that Jesus is using is about these choices that each of us have to make within our being. It's if we are going to stay true to the tight road that's going to lead to the fullness of who we really are, the expression of the true self, the embodiment of God coming through us and as us into the world as participatory beings for God's ongoing healing of all things? Or will you go on this wide road that's already been carved out for you, that's already obviously there, the clear road that just you can waltz down because many people have treaded that path before and you can just sort of roll down this road of easy street but ultimately at the destruction and the decimation of who you really, truly are and who God really is trying to express to be through you. And so this advice Alan was giving was saying, of course it's going to feel unclear at times. Of course it's going to feel unsettling. Of course you're going to feel like your, your foot is slipping off the edge and the rocks are falling down to the wayside. Of course it's going to feel treacherous. Of course it's going to feel uncertain and insecure at many points of time. Because that's what a narrow path is. It's not this very clear, obvious way of, of moving through life. Every... It, Everybody's mindlessly doing that. We, we have this sort of robot syndrome within the human experience that wants to just have everyone hand us the, the, the plan, the map of life, and expect that that is going to create some depth of meaning for us. But as I heard someone say recently, that the map you choose to navigate life greatly determines the destinations that you come to. And it's true. What destination are you seeking to get to? Because if the destination that you are seeking is life with a capital L, the fullness of life, the abundant life that Master Yeshua so often speaks of, it is an otherworldly reality. It's a different type of consciousness that's going to be able to get you there. It's a mindset that's going to enable you to walk on a narrow path. Because it's not simple and it's going to take attention and intention to walk a narrow path that leads to the abundant life. 
And that consciousness is the kingdom that Jesus so often speaks of, this ultimate reality beyond this plane of consciousness that we are so wrapped up in, this illusion of separation. And because of the insecurity of separation, we're so tempted to walk on that wide path. But the destination of that wide path is ultimately still the dissonance within. The betrayal within. And the divine doesn't want you to betray yourself because your deepest self is the divine expressing itself. So if you want the blueprint and the rubric that's already been there, the wide, easy road that you can just roll down, don't expect to find fullness at the end. Don't expect to find abundance. And I'm not talking about you know, all the material shit. I'm talking about real, true abundance. The spiritual awakening reality where you begin to see that all of this is just vibrating illusion around me. What is really of substance and of essence? If everything is impermanent, what is permanent? Only the universal mind, God, Father, whatever language, Brahman, whatever language you want to put for that ultimate reality of of being the capital B being of all beingness. It's that. So that wide road is not going to get you to that fullness of being expressing as your being. The narrow path is, and that narrow path is extremely unique, extremely unique custom for your incarnation. There are some overarching things. It's just the human experience. Okay. The human experience is the human experience and there's suffering and difficulty and pain and struggle. So from a meta perspective, there, there is this sort of universal things that happen in the human experience, but individually on a very intimate level, there is this choice that we each have to walk this narrow road and each and every one of us has been fashioned with a compass deep within us that always leads the true north. Yeshua calls this the spirit of truth that will lead you into all truth. Each and every one of us have this and we'll be tempted to neglect our own inner compass for the map of someone else that wants to lead us on a very known path at the betrayal and sacrifice of who we are. We must allow ourselves to choose the map to be read with our compass as we navigate that narrow pathway. And so I'm very grateful for Alan Watts showing up, appearing in my dream last night, reminding me of this wisdom about the path that leads to life, not right, conceptual belief, but the path that leads to life. And that the narrow path is one that is going to be not known until you walk it. Yeah, it's like that Rumi quote, you know, as you walk, the path appears. Something like that. So friend, if you're navigating, my encouragement to you is to keep 
walking the narrow path. Don't be tempted, I'm preaching to myself, don't be tempted to go after paths that are known. Stay true because this is all happening for ultimate goodness and unfoldment, even if it doesn't feel like that, even if it doesn't seem like there's goodness, even if it's absolutely frustrating and excruciating at times. The goal is trust. Can we surrender that the divine is benevolent and working out all things for good and that nothing is wasted in the kingdom? Everything is recycled and restored and brought back into reconciliation. That's the message of good news is everything gets reconciled. So if there's places of dissonance within us right now, may we trust that they will be reconciled as we walk this narrow path and that they are ordained for us to experience so that we can create a life story that is meaningful and purposeful and ultimately self-sacrificing as we give of ourself for the life of the world in whatever way that looks like. Your inner compass will tell you. You don't need a book or a tradition or a map given by someone else. The narrow road will lead you onto the path that is for you. But people of faith just don't seem to be very faithful any longer. Faith means you don't really know, but you're moving in the direction that, that you trust in. So choose to trust the narrow road and thank you to Alan Watts and the infinite multiverse wherever your soul may or may not be for dropping into my consciousness last night. Forever grateful for the work of Alan Watts.